Yeah, we found in the in Arabia Invisible uh, so many um, women telling us, uh, I am writing now because you exist, because um, one year ago I thought I will never be published because I was a woman. You are listening to Geekdom Empowers, the podcast about people empowered through their geekiness. Welcome back! My name is Guy Hasson and this is Geekdom Empowers. This is the podcast where I try to find the way of the geek, the way us geeks can empower ourselves by sticking to the thing that makes us geeky. We're doing a few things here in Geekdom Empowers, and one of them is to map out the geek world. That geek world that's usually not highlighted. We've had a few episodes about the world of science fiction and fantasy publishing in Spain. We started with the episode with Cristina Jurado, who talked about the state of world science fiction and fantasy as a whole. But she sent me down a rabbit hole regarding Spanish publishing. We talked to Elena Lozano, editor of Crononauta the small Spanish publisher which publishes only female and non-binary science fiction fantasy authors. We learned how small publishers can cause big changes. From there on, we moved to Cariana Reuven, one of the authors, where we learned about her path and the self-publishing network uh, that they created in Spain, where it's both a network and you have to get into it, and it's self-publishing. And today we're talking to another Spanish author, Laura Soriano Maquilon, which I hope I pronounced relatively close. Uh, she not only writes books and stories, she also has an award-winning website that advances the cause of female authors. The stories I just talked about intersect in this uh, episode, but I won't spoil it for you. So, as I said, we're mapping out the geek world that's rarely highlighted. It's a journey, and I hope you're enjoying it. Hello. Nice Hi. to meet you. Uh, what's that behind you? All those books. I, and well, I had, books. I, I've never heard of I had a, a shelf with a lot of books. I think I have more than 300 here. Um, but it's almost all of them are fantasy, science fiction, and horror books. What, what kind do you like the most? Like, what kind of, what, which books behind you do you like the most? Where, uh, this is, these are my favorites. Uh-huh. were of my favorite authors but well I I love um, science fiction uh, like um, Ursula uh, Kelly wins uh, or or something like that and uh, epic fantasy also too and horror well <laughs> horror is the, is the, um, the genre that I it cost me more but well I am <laughs> um what um, supervising what it likes me the, the most. That okay. is a few, a few bits of. And the dolls behind also. I'm sorry I'm bugging you about it, but I'm just, I'm really. Yeah, well, I have a lot of Funkos like that. <laughs> I, have, I have two of Captain Marvel, but I think it doesn't be like here, and two of. Uh, my left hand here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I uh, have a. And there's Groot over there. Yeah, and this is Ka here. 
Yeah, I had a lot. <laughs> yeah. Sure. When when I moved, uh, when I had to move in, like 11 years ago, I moved in with my wife. I used to live alone and I had a lot of books. And basically I had to, you know, so there's room in the house. There was just no room in the house living together. I There were seven boxes of books that I had to go to the bookstore and give to them. Oh, the bookstore. And I was very sad. That very sad, yes, yes. I have a, a shelf where uh, with books that I want to sell or donate because I have too many. And well, there are books that I'm not going to read anymore. So, well, I think uh, a second chance to be written to be read is, is good. Good. So, listen, let, uh, let me know about how you got here because you know. Uh, I got to you through uh, Elena from Coronauta, and she talked about your writing and also. So let's go like step by step. When did you start liking science fiction and fantasy? When did you start writing? You know, stuff like that. Well, I started liking fantasy and science fiction when I was very, very young. Um, we. I started reading, I started reading like, I think anybody else with uh, fairy tales. And I never lost the, um, the feeling of that this was a, a safe place for me. Uh, so I have always been um, reading that type of, uh, of fiction. And I started uh, writing very soon too. I think I won a school award uh, with when I was six, I think. Mm-hmm. But too well, old, I, too old, yes. Yeah. But um, I I didn't mm, really put all my efforts in reading, in writing, sorry, and publishing mm, until five years ago, more, more or less. Hmm. And okay. I met uh, Elena uh, when. Wait, wait. So, but how 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 is that? How old are you? If I can ask. So. Uh, now now I am uh, twenty nine. Okay. So you started yeah. writing seriously about five six years ago. See, yes, I'm um, twenty fifteen. I think twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen, more or less. Okay. All right. Yes. So you met. So what kind of stuff did you start writing? Uh, sorry, can you repeat? What kind of stuff did you start writing? Oh, I started uh, with fantasy uh, because it was the genre that I read uh, the most um, in my uh, when I was young. But now I write more science fiction because I I have been reading science fiction in the last decade. Um, and I really love it, <laughs> and, and now is I think that everything is cooler in space. <laughs> so, <laughs> so well, what's cooler in space? Well, um, I don't know. Uh, well, um, some action stuff in space sure. better with all the the ships the, the spaceships um well it's like star wars or star trek i i, I really love that <laughs> okay and what kind like i'm trying to get to what's the difference for you between 
fantasy and science fiction uh, when you write? Well, for me, fantasy is uh, more, uh, it happens uh, when there is something that you cannot explain. Mm, um, in science fiction, you always have to explain why it, this is going on. It's not only like, well, you can, mm, with your body, you can uh, um, get the energy. No, because your body, why? Because you have cells that made that. Is you have you can you have to to say that with with science. Um, well, but what I like the most is uh, is mixing mix these two genres, mm -hmm. uh, moving be, um, between them. Um, with things that are fantasy, but uh, other that are more, more scientific. Um, well, I, I really have fun with the in this in this limit. I, I really like it. Nice, uh, for, but it's also somehow in the storytelling too, right? In the way the story is built, there's a difference for you between science fiction and fantasy. Yeah, in in science fiction, uh, I put more. Um, it's more intimistic to me. Mm -hmm. When I think of fantasy, it's more like huge stuff, like Tolkien or 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 Hobb or Sanderson. I think, and when I think in science fiction, I prefer more intimate uh, stories. Um, and, you have all this space, but I like to, to put the effort in some characters and a very little story that I think is more important. But fantasy, it goes up my hands. So now I'm writing less fantasy because um, I'm writing short stories or, or novellas, not, not novels. And when I'm going to write fantasy is like, oh, I need 400 <laughs> pages to, to tell that. So. Uh -huh. so you started writing and then, you know, Spain is, it's not a big uh, space for science fiction and fantasy, right? So, and especially not for authors who come from Spain because you're not famous. So it's an even smaller market. So what did you do once you started writing? What did you, did you send, who did you send your stories to? How, how did you manage all your books? Yeah, yeah, in Spain is, is very difficult. Um, there, are, there are a lot of uh, independent publishers that um, want to publish anthologies, uh, for example, and uh, what you have to send your short stories. And I started with, with that, but it was, but this was quite difficult because there are a lot of authors that want to publish and you have rejections all the time. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> so you say, oh my God, I'm horrible. I, I'm not gonna write anymore. <laughs> so it's difficult to pass through that. But then I, I thought, well, I have stories, longer stories to, to tell. Um, well, I, um, I started to write uh, longer stories and send them to some publishers. Um, 
one was interested, and this was my, my first you know, uh, publication of, of my own with a small publisher, Sportula. Um, well, and this was three, three years ago, yes. So this was my, <laughs> my beginning <laughs> in, in publishing. What was it like to have your first book published? What, sorry? What was it like to have your first book published? Well, I, I was very excited uh, at, at the beginning. It's like, oh, a, piece of, a lot of people is, gonna, is going to, to read me. But after that, it's not so exciting. You are uh, very afraid <laughs> because it's like, oh, so many people is going to <laughs> is going to read me. So it's a lot of emotions. Uh-huh. But I I really love that, and I have known uh, have met a lot of people because of that. So I'm very happy with that. Yeah, and so you wanted to say about how you met Elena? Yeah, I met uh, Elena when they created uh, Chrononauta because um, they created Chrononauta in part, in part because of me, because I am in a project and that is called uh, La Nave Invisible. Oh, say that slowly, say that slowly. What? What is it called? What is it called? La Nave Invisible is something like um, the Invisible Ship uh, in English. And it's a website where we talk about uh, female writers in fantasy and science fiction and horror too. And we inspired uh, with this project, uh, Elena and and come to, to create Coronada. So they sent us an, an email telling us, uh, hello, we're here. We're going to start um, publishing uh, an editor Okora for. And it's all because of you. So <laughs> we were like, oh my God, it's, this is fantastic. So we met like that and it was, it's pretty cool. Well, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. You know, your words meant something. Your words created something. That's amazing. Yeah, it's it's something that when we started the project, we didn't think that is this is going to happen, and it happened twice (laughs) because uh, last year appeared another new publisher that tell us the same. (laughs) So it's like, whoa. (laughs) Really? Yeah. What did the other publishers say? Uh, the other publisher I call Dorme Vela, and they are publishing uh, Neon Young, for example, or Joe Walton. Um, I think it's going, I, I don't remember um, another authors, but they are very cool too. And it's, it's very, very fantastic. I, I love this project. Science fiction and fantasy? Yes, yes. Uh-huh. And what are they going to do? Are they also going to publish only female and uh, non-binary authors? Or what will yes. they inspire to do? Yes? Yes, and they are going to, I don't know if they're going to, to publish uh, um, male authors too, because they are not um, uh, uh, putting all the efforts in that, but uh, it's uh, yet, yeah, mm, sorry. 
they want to publish uh, people who are of other other etnias like uh, what, uh, Asiatic, Asiatics, uh, Africans, uh, Latins, uh, not not so white people. Not the Americans and the uh, uh, British people. Yeah, or Spanish because <laughs> because we are white too. I think in 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 United States, for example, they say Spanish people are not white, but we are quite white. <laughs> I think. Okay. Yeah, I think it depends who you ask, but that's uh, another thing. Okay, because the thing about uh, uh, Jewish, the way Jew, the way I mean Israel. And there are all kinds of, you know, those Jewish diaspora and Jews were all around Europe and uh, in the Middle East and so on. And they dis when they came to Israel, they decided, okay, the, the, the Europeans are the white ones, which, act, and, you know, all the, the Polish people and the, you know, everyone around uh, in the middle, German, Germany and all of that. But they decided that Spain is the less white that's that's the way they set it up. So it's Spain and the Middle East for some reason. I don't know why, because Spain is part of Europe, and it's on the opposite side. But that's how they decided to do that. Yeah, well, it's 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 very complicated all this uh, these issues. But uh, here, uh, we we were white <laughs> because um, there are a lot of people who came from Africa and. The difference is is huge. So these are. I just want to understand the concept. They're taking uh, Spanish authors who are not white, or are they taking just someone who just published in China or someone just published in uh, South Africa and stuff like that? Coronauta is publishing at. Uh, Spanish and non-Spanish people, but Vermevela uh, this time is only uh, with uh, with uh, uh, authors that are not Spanish. Okay, okay. So can you talk a little bit about your website? Yes, we, um, we started the project um, because uh, in 2016, we read a conversation on Twitter where a publisher said that uh, publishing female authors uh, was a risk. And uh, we said, what the hell? <laughs> and the, we thought that this was just mm, so, so unfair. And we wanted to do something with that, but we had no money, so we, <laughs> we, we can't... Um, make up a publication or something. But we thought that we could recommend people and readers, female authors, and tell them, hey, there, there are a lot of female authors that are awesome and have amazing stories and you're gonna like it too. So we made it so. Um, we have now like 700 publications on our website with articles, interviews, uh, biographies too, only for women and non-binary people. 
Um, well, we have been nominated uh, five times to the Spanish Jugos, the, the Notus, and we have won three. So people are very, very supporting us very supportive with us and, and it's it's amazing what is happening here. However, um, people <laughs> is uh, it's pretty more male authors, <laughs> but I think it's mm, best um, the the, um, the situation is better than five years ago. It's amazing. What what about the original person who said that uh, publishing female authors is a risk. Do you know if they change their minds or? Well, they um, they uh, said that because they are a publisher that um, was publicating a lot of female authors. Uh, so they knew that and they were taking the risk, but they have um, been trying to collaborate with other uh publishers and they didn't want to because female author was the was a risk. Uh, so they this is what they were saying that uh, but they, they have a lot of female authors in their in their catalog. Mm. And did it ever like did someone who say that ever notice that for example, one of the biggest hits of the last few decades was written by a woman and it's called Harry Potter, for example. Well, this is the only, the only one with, with Ursula Caleguin. We only have two, two female writers in, in here, J.K. Rowling and Ursula Caleguin. There's, there's no okay. more female writers. <laughs> only these two. Oh. Okay, all well, the science fiction began with uh, a female writer, uh, with Frankenstein. Yes. Okay. So. Yes, but we see the the, um, the list of recommendations of the best science fiction ever or whatever. And well, if we have only one woman in, in the woman in that list is like a miracle, and it's a like. Well, where are the women? And they won so many um, awards on the on the sixties, the 70s and the 80s. And where are they? Mm. People people forget them. Wow. That's crazy. Yes. I, yeah. Last last month, um, the Guardian um, published an article saying that only the um, uh, 19% of, um, of readers uh, of uh, female writers were men. Well, 90% of female writers were men? Oh. Yes, uh, 90% of the readers of uh, female writers yes. were men. So okay. Margaret Abbott, they, uh, people who read uh, Margaret Atwood, only 19% are men. And it's why, why? Yeah, and you know, I, it's, it's also it's, like, it's, it's like a fact that people don't know, a lot of men and boys like Disney princesses, for example, or My Little Pony, which people think is just for girls. A lot of men like it, even grown men 
like it. Uh, yeah. Yes, it's it's all about prejudices and the way and the publishers they are and themselves um, sell the the stories because um, there's a lot of people as always saying this is uh, feminine feminine literature and it's why 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 is feminine it's human literature I don't know maternity men have mothers. So why maternity has to be only for for women? It's it's crazy. It is. You know, I have three daughters, and they're all young. And only after a certain age, like, uh, do I did I start? Two of them so far have passed that age. Do I start talking to them about how history, how women have been treated in history, and how? People saw and talked about women in history that they couldn't do anything, that they couldn't do that, they couldn't write, they couldn't vote. Thinking was too hard for them, they couldn't compete in the Olympics. So many things that people just had to get over it. And the only way I get to do that is after a certain age, because I think if I put it in too early, maybe some of it will be maybe, you know, there was a reason for that. So first I build the confidence, they know they can do anything they want. They know they're very capable. And then I tell them how stupid people used to be and sometimes still are. Yeah. Yeah, we found in the in Arabia Invisible uh, so many um, women telling us, uh, I am writing now because you exist. Because um, one year ago, I thought I will never be published because I was a woman. Wow. They have told us that because uh, you saw the, um, the bookstores and the publishers and 80% of publication were, were writing by a man. So it's, it's difficult, but with all the awards that are winning uh, women in, in, in the United States, and, uh, they have a change, I think. And it's a ribbon to Spain. We are always late, but we are, we are on that. Um, and these past two years, the Ignotus have, uh, have goes to a woman. So, well, things are changing, but it's very slow. Yes. And you're part of that change. Yeah. So can I ask you like to, do you have like uh, the scripts for your books? Like, can you read us uh, first line from uh, one of your books? Uh, of my books? Yes. Or a story. But they are in Spanish. No, can, just the first line. So can you translate the first line? Okay. I, I will try. The first sentence. <laughs> the first sentence. I will try. Okay. Oh, they are here. Okay, this, this is the first book I published. Well, it's like uh, the past is a patient hunter. Okay. Yes. Okay, and um, it's about a dream hunter. If the, in fact, I have um, a short story related with this book that is translated into English. Wait, where can we find it? In my blog. 
Okay, so can you send me the link for that, like for that article? Yeah. I'll put it in the show notes and people can click on it. Yeah, I can. Okay. Well, this is a difficult. <laughs> the tough sentence? Well, it is said that the world is divided uh, between who fight for um, following their dreams, who abandon in the middle, in the middle of the way. That's the start of an epic. That's very good. Yes. Well, this is quite is quite this was quite difficult because it's a dystopy. Um, well, it's uh, it's short, but <laughs> but it's it's heavy because in Spain we have um, a war uh, last century. Um, well, we we have now the all the stuff of this war um in fact uh, today today uh it was like uh, 85 years ago that one of the best poets in spain in spain was uh, murdered because they uh, he was gay mm-hmm. and he was uh, federico garcia lorca and and he is in a poet and uh, playwright. Yeah. W- yes, poet he and playwright. Is... I said poet and playwright. You also yeah. plays. Yeah. He's he's in a common pit, so we have problem with that already. And this book is is talking about all all this stuff. So it was difficult to write it. Yeah. And the other one is um, Ithai to your Dodgers. It could be the translation. And this is a young adult novelette. And this is a fantasy. Okay. Well, this is quite difficult because I have um, invented some words. <laughs> so. Don't translate like the invented words. Just, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so um, yes, from the height of my visual eye, uh, I can see the sea. Visual eye is uh, like a tree, right? an, an special tree. Okay. Uh, and uh, the people of this, of this story are linked to, to their tree. And what well, this is, uh, this is why it has a special, uh, special name. And this book is a metaphor about uh, depression and uh, how you need um, friendship to, to pass through this disease. Well, and this was very, very difficult to write to because it's very, it's very personal for me. But what well, I really love the, the illustration. <laughs> well, it, it... You read us two things, and they were both very personal and very hard to write, which is probably what makes them good, right? Yeah, yeah. I I started writing things. Um, um, I know I have told you uh, uh, for anthologies, for publisher. And there was a moment, and then I realized that uh, my stories didn't work because... I couldn't feel them. 
Uh, I write them because there, there's, a, there's a prize that can be published, but I was not writing them by heart. And when I started to write what I really want to, to write, uh, something changed and I have discovered um, my voice. Um, it's, very, it's easier now <laughs> for me. Good, it's amazing. You're true to yourself and you put your uniqueness and your emotions and your pain out there. What yes. other author do you, um, do you really like or are inspired by that also is that personal? Yeah, well, one of, the, of my favorite writers, um, and this is why I, I write intimate science fiction is Alia de Bodart. I really love what, uh, what she writes and all the Chuya stuff. I didn't uh, catch the name. What's the name? Aliette de Bodart. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I think she's fantastic. Uh, I met her in person and she's fantastic in person too. <laughs> it's, uh, I really love what, what she does and I recommend it all. <laughs> Whatever she writes, I recommend it because I, I love it. Another book that um, inspired me a lot was A Long Way to a Small Angry Planet from from Becky Chambers. Uh, I really love it because it reminds me uh, to uh, to Star Trek and I really love the series and, and people from different species. Uh, combine uh, co-living and and being friends. I it's it's a different. It's not so so hard, but it's, it's more like a soft literature. But I really love it because uh, with that she's talking about um, humanity and and so huge issues that we have. So I really love how, how she does it. Um, well, my favorite uh, books this last decade and ever is the, um, the Broken Earth trilogy from N.K. NK Jemisin. Uh, I, it was astonished for me. I, I cried <laughs> a lot mm. reading it. And I think it's, it's amazing, amazing. It's amazing. It's, uh, it's a lot of inspiration. Yeah, it's like, well, she, she is angry and she has the right to be angry. And I want to be angry too when I write. <laughs> I want to, to criticize what I think is not uh, well. Um, and do that is. It's like you have to to make people think about what there is going on. And do you think you're doing it? Well, I think not so angry <laughs> like Jamie said because <laughs> she has uh, more uh, more experience. But well, I I, I talk about that um, that issues too about uh, feminism or racism or. Uh, 
LGTB stuff. And there are issues that are important to me. And I think it has to be said in, in literature too, because there are things that are real and, and they are real now. So I think it's important to talk about them. Interesting. Is there anything you want to say to the listeners of uh, this podcast that we haven't covered? Well, thank you for listening to me. I hope my English was quite <laughs> good to it be was... understood. Sorry for, <laughs> sorry if I have made uh, mistakes. <laughs> sure I did. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. Thank you so much to Laura Soriano Maquilon, which again, I hope I pronounced roughly correctly. I'm sure it was as much fun for you to listen as it was for me to have the conversation. We have only just begun to map out the geek networks across the world. Even in Spain, we've only touched, you know, the top of the glacier, the surface. Uh, as you heard from, there's so much more there and can't map everything out, but we can try. As for me, I've become convinced that there has to be a way to translate all these amazing stories that the authors you've met here and others to many other languages, to get their stories to other countries, to other readers. There is so much good stuff that we miss because each of us only speaks one or two languages on average, and we don't get to hear anything uh, that's uh, kind of uh, in other countries, right? That is something to think about. If you want to find more of Laura, you can find in all the links, all the, all the links along. So uh, go to the show notes. In the show notes, you will find uh, the bilingual magazine, uh, Science Fiction and Fantasy, Constellation, the link to the translated short story we talked about, which is the prequel to uh, The Past is a Patient Hunter, her Twitter link, and her Instagram link. Next time we move to comics and gaming with a guest that will take us from Canada to China. So stick around. So stick around for that. Geekdom Empowers releases three episodes a week on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. So if you want to contact me about this episode, other episodes, suggest guests, think you're a good guest, email me at guy.hasson, H-A-S-S-O-N, at geekdomempowers.com. Check out the website, geekdomimpowers.com, Twitter on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We are at geekdomimpowers. My name is Guy Hassan, and if you want to check out my other podcast, The Squash Buckler Diaries, which is a daily experiment in epic fantasy, feel free to check it out, The Squash Buckler Diaries. I will see you next time, and for now, have an empowered day.